Welcome or welcome back to Solidarity on the Bench, a podcast for 20-somethings by a 20-something. I'm your host, Katie Yu, and on this podcast, we talk about everything and anything with a focus on mental health and personal well-being. New episodes every Tuesday at 11 a.m. PST. I am joined today with Kenna McKenna-Joe. She is a big creative on Instagram and also on TikTok, and I have to say, like, I love Kenna's vibe. I don't, I don't know how to describe to you guys if you don't know who McKenna is, like just go check out her Instagram or her TikTok. Her vibe is just incredible. And so I am very, very excited to have you on the podcast today. Yes, I am so, so excited too. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for coming on. So for the people who don't know you, could you give me a brief overview of who you are and what you do in the online space? Yes. So I'll try to keep it brief because um, I'm a very chatty Kathy, but I'm um, also so my chatty. Is, yes. I mean, we're, we're good for this. This will be yeah. perfect. Um, but yeah, my name is Kenna. So you can kind of find me anywhere on the internet as McKenna Joe. Um, I've been creating content for almost 10 years now, which is insane. I got Instagram when I was 14 um, and I'm 24 now. So it's been about a decade, which is pretty crazy. I've been only been doing it professionally for the past like year or so um but I've been dabbling for a very long time um totally insane I'm from rural North Dakota in the United States so very middle of nowhere vibes um but I currently live in like the biggest city in my state which is still deepsy tiny um but I kind of dabble in a bunch of different niches um like general lifestyle fashion plants I'm kind of sitting in a transitional period right now with a little bit of interior design a little bit of wellness it's ever evolving as I change my content changes I kind of have stopped trying to narrow it down at this point um but I also do UGC and paid ads and other content stuff kind of just do whatever's on on the to-do list for the day really so it's a very concise overview no, I think that was a that was a great introduction. And I have to say, Kenna's been doing this series where she kind of posts about decorating her house. And her house, like I was watching a, a TikTok yesterday, iCarly decor, you know, <laughs> dopamine decor. It is yes. a very cool space. So again, highly recommend that you go check her out. But oh, Kenna, I I want to start by I ask all of my guests this question. Um, okay, give it to me. I don't know if I sent you the list of questions, so this may be a shock to you. No, well, give it not, to me. I'm ready. Shock, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> when was the last time you asked for help? Ooh, that is such a good question. Um, I am notorious for not asking for help, honestly. And I feel like that's something a lot of us struggle with for sure. Um, I'm very like, I can do it. I don't want to burden anybody. Um, but the last time I asked for help... Um, I did have a friend come help me hang like a big picture frame above my bed the other day. <laughs> so that's probably the last time I asked for help. Um, but yeah, he came through. So we love that. I don't have a drill. It's like I can hammer something into the wall. If it requires like power tools, I'm like, I need assistance. <laughs> I saw this girl on TikTok, which was like, just ask your Tinder matches if they have a drill and like, then you can get your, like everything hung. And she was hanging like skincare shelves. It was I so funny. I love that. No, that's perfect. <laughs> that is so smart. So I want to kind of shift to today's topic, which is going to be kind of yeah. creativity, burnout, and prioritizing creativity in a fast-paced world. And as I said, yes. I'm a big lover of Kenna's content. And I love how, especially like, your voice and your personality shine through in your videos. So I was wondering, because I know you also do UGC, how do you keep yourself creatively mm -hmm. engaged with your content while also being a UGC creator? 
Yes. Um, well, first of all, thank you. And that's a phenomenal question. This is something as I've kind of transitioned into being like self-employed and doing this all on my own, I've had to really navigate. Um, Cause doing my personal content while I was in college and high school was like very, just like my creative outlet. Right. And all my creative energy went there. And now that I have to kind of balance my professional endeavors of doing UGC and all of this paid client work on top of my creative stuff, it can get a little, um, overwhelming at times, but I'll honestly say like my creative work on my personal channels is where I get to really like process and reflect and like capture and storytell my life. And so that kind of remains like where I think a lot of my creativity goes in a very like raw and flowing way versus my client work. Like that is much more strategic, right? So I'll have the client come in and tell me their pain points. What are we, what story are we looking to tell? What do we want these people to feel or do or think? Um, so it's a lot more of like a strategic creative application versus my stuff is more just like, oh, I have this idea of like this angle I want for a video. Let me like tell a story around it. Um, so it's a lot less strategic <laughs> with my stuff, but it's it's fun. It's more of like a puzzle with my client work and my stuff is more just like la di da, <laughs> if that answers the question. Yeah, 100 percent. Okay. Um, and so moving on to burnout, I know we kind of discussed when we were talking about what to talk about in this podcast. And this yeah. is a perfect thing to talk about because I was just on the phone with someone saying that like, you know what I am is a little bit burnt out. So I want to know your opinion Real. on, you know, how do you know you're burning out? And then I can kind of share my opinion as well. Oh, yes. So I feel like I feel like this year I've come the closest to burnout prevention. Like I've been more cautious with it this year, but I'm definitely still feeling it. I feel like by the time you get to quarter four, no matter what your professional life looks like, a lot of times people are like, I'm starting to feel it. Um, for me, I really know, like, I'll almost feel it in my body. Like, if I'm not getting sick, I'm fatigued. If I'm not fatigued, I am like, I have no appetite almost like I'm just like very just withdrawn. So I'll notice it in my body a lot. And then also just like the mind fog of it all. Like I'll be doing something that I know takes me like five minutes, but I just like either cannot focus or cannot process. That's when I know my burnout is like really sinking in, um, especially creative burnout is when I'm not feeling inspired by my content. When I'm not inspired to like tell the story of my life or what I'm experiencing, that's when I'm like, okay, I need to reel it back. I either need to like extend some deadlines. I need to lessen my workload, something. Cause I know for me, if I just keep pushing, it'll go like, <laughs> full crash like I will get physically sick the whole nine yards so that's that's typically how I know yeah I really relate to what you're saying about like not feeling creatively energized to do your own work because I see that yeah. a lot with my personal like creative burnout is well even if I'm burnt out in any other aspect I've had like two kind of bouts of really bad academic burnout this year yeah. and yeah when you have academic burnout you know or burnout in general you're just lying on the couch like dead glassy eyes kind of scrolling. Um, mm -hmm. I always notice I'm, I'm like not feeding myself properly. I'm not exercising properly. I'm not like sticking to my plans and what makes me feel good. And then I'm like pushing myself. Like I don't want to do any of the social events that I've maybe, you know, yes. booked myself in for, but I'll go because I feel bad. Mm -hmm. And I will just continue to push and push and push. And, and what you said, like the physical exhaustion, the emotional exhaustion, like everything that you're doing just takes 
10 times more effort, like even if it's just making your bed, the mental energy it takes to even get out of the bed to make your bed is way too big. Yes, that's exactly it. And it's like, and then you're in this cycle where everything takes so much more energy on top of your burnout. So you can really dig a hole super fast if you're not careful. You were kind of talking about like this year, you were really good at burnout prevention and making sure that you didn't get to that point. What are some strategies you kind of used in terms of that? Yes. So um, prior to this year, I'll give you some context. I worked at an AI startup. um, And as we know, AI is like a super fast evolving ecosystem and then startup life in general is very fast. Um, So I went through some very severe burnout um, in that role. So when I transitioned into working for myself, I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to prevent this like from the jump. Um, So when I was doing a lot of my goal setting, I kind of I did macro goals and mini goals and my mini goals were like what is going to keep me afloat what is going to keep me you know sustaining financially all of those things and then my macro goals were more like if I'm feeling on top of it I'm not feeling burnt out these are things I want to accomplish as well um, so I kind of broke them apart instead of having it be like just all of my goals because I found that when I'm shooting for the moon every single day I'm gonna burn out like it's not realistic to expect yourself to show up at 100% you know, 365 days a year. Um, So I just kind of made sure I had like a baseline. And as long as I'm hitting that baseline, I'm good. Um, And that was kind of how I made that distinction of prevention. Um, Doesn't always work. (laughs) I've definitely felt it here and there, but um, it set me up for more success, I feel like, than I've had in the past professionally, where it was like the goals are just like through the roof from the jump. So kind of helped. Might not work for everybody, but worked for me a little bit. I mean, that the idea of like a bare minimum list and like a good day list um, with to do's are is is a big thing in the self-help world. I know because I watch a lot of like self-help YouTubers. So same girly. (laughs) I really I really resonate with that. I've tried it before. Um, I don't know if it necessarily works for my brain because again, like I think I posted something and I said like, oh, I'm doing the bare minimum. And they're like, three loads of laundry isn't the bare minimum. And I was like, hmm. You know, it's my bare minimum. <laughs> right. No, that's so true. So, yeah, it was also, I mean, like, for context, I was about to fly, so I needed to wash everything. Um, so, like, in Real. that sense, that day, three loads was the bare minimum. But I love that. Yeah. And I also think there's something to be said by, about um, doing self-care and, like, making sure that you're keeping up with that throughout the week as well. Yeah, something that I always you know, it's the first to go, um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the most needed in the, in I terms know. of burnout, because yep. you always think like, oh, I don't have time for this because I have to be doing X, Y, Z, like I need to keep going. But yeah, if you're not taking the time to do like preventative self-care almost, and like having those yeah. self and like slowing down, then you're going to, you know, you're going to burn out really, really quickly. And so there's this quote that says like, take rest before it takes you. And I'm really bad yes. with following my own direction, but that's something <laughs> that I want to prioritize, you know, in 2024 mm-hmm. is like, let's stop, you know, running on this hamster wheel. Cause like, where am I even yes. going? Like, what right? am I doing today that I can't right. do tomorrow? And mm-hmm. like, won't aff- like, it's not going to affect me that much. If it's a day late, if it's two days late, like yeah. I need to make sure that me first and foremost can have 100% capacity to give every single day. Yes, that is so, so, so true. And if you think about it, like if you're taking those steps of prevention from the 
from the get-go, you're going to be able to get more done in the long run because you're taking care of you versus if you don't and you just burn yourself down to this little tiny dwindle, you're not going to be able to do as much. So it seems counterproductive to take those extra self-care preventatives, but it's worth it. Yes, I completely agree. And so in terms of creative burnout, I know you're a creative I'm kind of a creative. I'm also like an academic. Um, you are such a creative. Don't even with me right now. You so are. <laughs> so I want to say like, I don't know if I've ever kind of experienced creative block per se. I always kind of experience more academic uh, mm-hmm. burnout because I, that's just like a bigger part of my life. That's where all of my deadlines do come from. But as yeah. a creative who is both like a creative for yourself and also does it for work, How do you kind of overcome creative block or creative burnout? Yes. So I experienced, I think, like my first real big bout of creative burnout kind of in like August or September of this year. Um, And it was just it was kind of like revving up towards holiday season. And my client list was just crazy. And my deadlines were just getting tighter and tighter. And at the time I was um, working with TikTok on some of their ads programs as well. So there was a lot of external deadlines for that and then like creative work. And it was just a lot of pressure. Um, And I just didn't have ideas. Like I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna fulfill these videos. I can't even come up with a converting concept. Um, And so what I started doing is I went through every video, like I literally just scrolled through my Instagram and my TikTok and I just started banking like all the ideas of things I've done, like POV this, story time this, or like problem solution for this product and just started writing everything down and just recycling things, um, which isn't my favorite because it's not the most like creative strategy, quote unquote. Um, But it was a way for me to like sustain and slowly build that creative energy back up. Um, It's difficult though. Like I feel, I'm like, I, or you always hear writer's block. um, And that I feel like it's very similar and that like just no ideas, like the tap for creativity is just off. The sink is off. And I'm like, what are we going to do? So it kind of just took a moment of, also just like stepping back and being like, okay, what inspires me? Like, what is some good music I can listen to? Who are some other good creators I can watch and just take, apply my creativity to almost consumption more, which sounds maybe counterproductive, but taking a moment to be inspired rather than like forcing it out of myself really helped as well. But it's a tough one. Um, Yeah, I had to take, I took about a week off, actually. I had a moment where I was like, I fully need to step back right now, or this this is not going to end well for me. Um, So that too, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I really think you just got to, got to do what's going to work for you. Yeah, and I have to say there's something to be said about you looking at your own work for inspiration as opposed to looking for other people's work as inspiration. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, when you're in a creative block, I feel like there's comparison, there's imposter syndrome. But when you're looking at what you've done, you can't really compare and and feel all of those negative feelings because it's your own work. Yes. No, that's so true. That's so true. Like, I think for me, the biggest thing when I'm really needing an idea, I either go to music a lot of times. I don't know if it just like unlocks like the creative portal in my brain or what it is, but music really helps. And then just looking through my own stuff and being like, oh yeah, like I remember the headspace I was in when I thought of this idea. How can I get myself back to that headspace? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that really helps. So you were kind of also talking about how you took a week off Did you do anything Mm -hmm. creative in that week off that had like nothing to do with UGC Instagram, just like you being Penna? 
Yes. So that is a great hack as well. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Cause I was talking to one of my artist friends who's a painter um, and she does that professionally. And I was like, girl, I cannot paint. Like I can make a digital video, whatever, but I cannot paint. She's like, you need to try it. Like you need to apply your creativity elsewhere. She's like, you need to try baking, baking, cooking can be a creative outlet. All of these different things that we don't traditionally think of it as a creative outlet can be. Um, and that's something I've really found with decorating my home too, is like, it's such a fun creative outlet for me. And it, it allows me to take some of the pressure off of it. So I would definitely recommend that too. I'm trying to think in that week, I feel like I just literally rot it. <laughs> I literally like, just was like, I can't sometimes, do anything. Sometimes we need to just rot. And like, mm-hmm. I think people always think, you know, social media scrolling can be so detrimental and it can, but also right. sometimes all you need to do is like be a couch potato and like look at things on a screen and that's okay (laughs) right I was like I had a little bit of an iPad kid era for a moment I was like I'm gonna go on YouTube watch my silly little videos and eat snacks and I will come back stronger than ever before (laughs) I I feel the same way I think every night um I will like watch some YouTube videos and this is really funny like I have my specific YouTubers that I like watching my comfort YouTubers and then I have been made fun of this because it makes me sound like more of a nerd. Well, okay, I am a nerd, but like I'll play Sudoku. Like that is like my iPad baby game is Sudoku. I adore that. I adore that. So like that's my way. I don't know how to play that. See, I didn't know how to play it either. And then I downloaded it one time like on a plane and I just like kind of loved it. it. Um, Yeah, I just like learned how to play it and like kind of loved it. And it's just enough like thinking for me to use part of my brain but it's a different part of my brain than the creative side it's like more analytical it's Mm -hmm. basically I don't want to say it's math but like it it lives on that side of it like no side Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no it's definitely the duality of the two right I used to do crosswords and I I suppose that's in a similar realm of things but yeah I used to do that a lot or even mad libs which is silly it's like the thing where it's like you fill in the little yeah yeah yeah. I'm like sometimes you just need something that's going to activate the other half of your brain when the one side is like I am tired, like SOL right now. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So are there any other kind of tips that you have on being re-energized, especially as a creative? Um... Also, I mean, this kind of is in vain with like cooking and all that jazz, but just like switch up your medium. Um, So it's similar, but like, yeah, just going from like creating digital videos to switching back into photography has been something that's really opened doors for me, actually, because that's how I got started was more in a photography realm. And then as TikTok emerged, everything went to short form video. Right. So I kind of dabbled into film photography, actually, this fall, like got into 30 five millimeter and shooting with that and that has been so fun and just allows me to see things in a different light because when you're composing a video you're looking for a lot of different things than you are sometimes in a photo um so it just kind of allows the lens to switch a little bit and that I found to be super helpful too I didn't know that you started doing like 35 millimeter photography that's really cool because like I love photography as well and I've been recently encouraged to kind of get back into it as a creative outlet and it like Mm -hmm. using like a DSLR or like an SLR versus a phone you're just kind of looking for different things it feels different and it feels a lot more intentional to create with like an actual camera as opposed to your phone 
Yes. Yeah. I haven't developed any of the film I've shot yet. Um, I'm actually have like six shots left on the roll I'm currently working on. And I'm really curious to see how they come out. Cause A, I've never shot films. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but also I'm like this, it's been such a good outlet. And it's exactly what you said of, we're so used to it with our phone, like, Oh, snap this, snap that. But when you're working with an actual camera, there's a lot more intention that just naturally goes into it. So I'm excited to see how it pans out. We'll see. <laughs> So you were also talking about how you were doing photography and then TikTok and short form video came about. And I yes. feel like you have such a unique voice and and like a unique way to shoot content. And like, I, I'm like, no wonder you kind of do this as a full-time job. I would want to <laughs> hire you because like it it is very much like, even if your face isn't in it or and your voice isn't in it, you know it's made by you, which I think is a sign mm-hmm. of like a really good creative is you have this kind of like underlying brand. So how did you, can you like talk me through how you came to this point? Like, was it a conscious decision or is it just something that naturally evolved? That's a great question. And it's a really funny story, actually. I think, I mean, it's funny to me because I just kicked myself in the butt about it. But when, so TikTok was originally Musical.ly and when Musical.ly kind of rebranded and was bought out by ByteDance, which is TikTok's parent company, they actually reached out to me via Instagram and like wanted to collaborate. Like they were like, you should make a TikTok profile, we'll pay you. And I was like, no, like my younger sisters use Musical.ly, like I'm too cool for school, like really thought that I was like, better off on Instagram come full circle TikTok is like the biggest social media platform in the world and I ended up working with them as a contractor for a year so it's just like oh my gosh girl but I was very resistant to short form content for a long time I was like no like I don't want to have to learn this new medium I don't want to have to do this like I just I thought that I could resist the change of it um obviously not Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it took a lot of relearning um But I think my favorite part of putting together a video is the audio. So like working with either the story that's being told or the audio or the emotion that's being told through the music and then applying angles to it. So that's like kind of how I will structure a video. Um, So like when you were saying, like, even if my voice isn't in it or I'm not in it, a lot of it for me is just like, how do I make the person feel what I'm feeling through the way that I show them the world I'm seeing kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how I tend to like think through it Um, in a very creative sense when I'm doing, you know, like a advertisement or something, it's a little bit more straightforward and there's a little bit more of a formula to it. Um, But that's, that's kind of the lens I think it through, think through is like, how do I get the person to feel what I'm feeling and see this the way I'm seeing it. And then usually just takes me running around with a tripod (laughs) and getting a bunch of different shots. But um, that's, that's typically how I conceptualize it anyway. So I want to kind of highlight two of the community questions about Mm -hmm. kind of burnout and creativity. Um, One of them is kind of more specific to Instagram and engagement. So they asked, how do you keep creating even though engagement on Instagram ebbs and flows? Oh, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so this is something I used to struggle with a lot, especially when I was in college. Um, because when you're doing, you know, a whole academic workload, sometimes work on top of that, and then also needing to create, I basically was like only inspired to create when my stuff was popping off. Mm -hmm. Um, And really what it took for me was like reflecting on why that is, 
And I found the answer for me is that like, I just liked the validation. Like I was not using it as a creative outlet. I was using it as a form to be, feel validated and feel seen, um, which is one thing in and of <laughs> itself. Um, but as I've kind of like grown and really been able to look at it as purely a creative outlet, um, that's really helped. And like one thing that I do when I'm making content is I'll do what I call like one for the crowd and one for me. And the, it, mm. I saw a TikTok on this. So I know it's not my idea. I'm not mm -hmm. claiming this idea, but it's like making a video that I know is going to perform because it's my job. And then also making videos that are purely for me. Like there's, I'll be just having a really good time with friends and I'll be like, actually, I'm going to document this entire thing and I'm going to make a video out of it. And that's just going to be for me. Like there's, so, there's so many videos. It's actually embarrassing that I don't post. Like I have so many videos that I've just made of my life that I just want for me, you know what I mean? And sometimes I make it on the internet and sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. um, but that's that's what it's really come down to for me is like, you just have to, you have to validate yourself and make yourself feel seen and document because you want this moment, not for any like fake little digital number. Because at the end of the day, it's like, yes, you are impacting real lives and real people. Um, but this is all just like this fake little internet world. Like if Instagram went away tomorrow, you know what I mean? You, you got a mm -hmm. document for you kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, felt because <laughs> it's a struggle sometimes. Right. I think that, you know, the one for you, one for the people is so interesting because I don't know if like, oh my God, I'm going to pull from some TikTok that I saw maybe a couple months ago that says, you know, all pop songs right now just follow the same formula. Like no one is creating original yeah. music everyone's creating things to like go viral on tiktok or like be made mm -hmm. for those dances and i think yep. yeah it is it's a really good that's something that i'm i'm thinking about doing now is like yeah and creating for myself as well because i have always struggled kind of as a creative like monetizing or not even like monetizing but like making things for the people making things for the algorithm specifically yeah. not for people, but like things that you know are going to perform well that maybe mm -hmm. don't creatively energize you and then your numbers yeah. pop off and then you just continue reusing the same formula that's always going to do well and I think like Great. that's a part of burnout that people don't talk about either is like yes the things that you want to do is not going to perform well and the things mm -hmm. that you don't want to do is going to perform well and so you're never really incentivized to create for yourself and yes. you know again going back to the music industry that's what we're seeing with a lot of like big pop artists that are coming out is like they don't create original music. Mm -mm. I know. I know. That's so true. And like, that's something that I found, especially in some of my recent videos, like I know the formula of like opening with a shot of me being emotional in some capacity, crying, excited, whatever. Yes. And then following it up with a bunch of clips of that, like look pretty and exciting. That's always going to work for me. Like I, mm -hmm. I know that, that there, there's these certain verticals that are going to work every time. Um, and sometimes I'm feeling a certain way or having a certain thing that I want to portray and that formula works for it. So mm -hmm. that feels really good. And then, like you said, there's sometimes where I'm like, I want to portray this, like, you know, cute little moment I had staying in on a Friday night with my dog, but I'm like, that's not like viral worthy content essentially. Um, mm -hmm. So it's hard. It's hard to be like, okay, am I energizing me or am I energizing like my community and finding that perfect split down the middle is I think where the sweet spot is. Um, but it takes a lot of repetition, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of different work. Mm -hmm. And I was um, having a conversation with someone yesterday kind of about like 
the creatives and influencing on Instagram. And I, I was saying that I think there's a new shift in what I'm going to dub as like personality creators. Uh, so yeah. like there is something to be said about things that are just like for you to live on the internet because it get makes people know who you are. And that's yes. kind of why I love your content and like why this is so exciting to me is because like we've been talking <laughs> for so long. I yeah. can see your personality and like your style in everything that you post. And like you for me is kind of like a personality creator. Like I don't follow you to learn about plants or I don't follow you to learn about your home. I care about you as a person and therefore mm. I care about everything that you make. You know, I think there's, there's this big radical shift as well. And so there is merit in like, you know, not creating things for the viral side of Instagram. And also when you hit virality, I always tell people I never wish virality on anyone because people no. are going to come follow you for a certain type of thing. And that's also where yep. burnout happens. It's like when you're not delivering on that content, you lose followers because they don't yes. care about other things. And so what you really want is to create a community that cares about you first and foremost, like you are your niche. And that yes. is in 2024, I think what we're going to see a lot of. I completely agree. I was talking to a couple um, of like my old coworkers at TikTok about this too, because a lot of TikTok on the very like logistical side is putting creators in boxes. Okay. This person does gaming content. This person does financial content. That's like, it's how they categorize and then therefore monetize a lot of their creatives. And I was like, you guys, we need to make a category of like just people being mm -hmm. people and telling their story and their life experience. Because at the end of the day, like there's definitely, don't get me wrong. There's people I follow because they inform me about X, Y, Z. Um, but the people that I connect with the most, like you are people that I follow because of the person that's behind it. You know what I mean? And the life experience that they're sharing. Um, and I think that is, that'll be definitely one of my creative predictions that we'll see people are looking for. They're yearning for that, like genuine, authentic connection, on top of learning about xyz um but also thank you because that means the world to me because for so long trying to fit in a box of like i am plant creator i make mm -hmm. plant video mm -hmm. it's like it gets really it feels very limiting and constricting so i very much appreciate you seeing me for me yeah Love i it. think i followed you around the time you were like plant creator like plant-based <laughs> plant creator and yeah. now you're like, mm -hmm. you're everything. And that that change for me has been like exciting to see because it gives me kind of a peek into your life. And what I love about social media is it lets you kind of like experience different lives. It's like reading, you know, why do we read yeah. fiction? It's because uh -huh. we want to see other people's lives. And so the more that you're able to kind of quote unquote authentically, I don't like that word, but like authentically, you know, capture your life and your essence, yeah. like the more I'm going to care and the more interested I'm going to be. And it doesn't have to be aesthetic because not everyone, you know, lives an aesthetic life, but I'm so yes. curious and interested about like your life and your world. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I think, I think the fictional reading analogy is great, honestly, because it's like, you know, I'm not going to be studying abroad in London probably ever I'm mm -hmm. done with school you know what I mean but I can I can get a glimpse of that experience but also your experience of that thing you know what mm -hmm. I mean it's, it's an opportunity to live vicariously through others while also letting them have their distinct experience that you get to digest as well and I think that is that's the beauty of social media too it's it's honestly so cool that we live in this day and age and are able to do this at such a pivotal time in our lives too um, I just think it's absolutely crazy being in our 20s and like connecting with these people absolutely everywhere doing all these cool creative things it's like yeah what <laughs> yeah 
Exactly. And I love how you kind of like touched on me in London, because what I did want to kind of shift towards is prioritizing creativity in a fast paced world. And I want to hear mm-hmm. your take on that first, and then I can kind of provide mine. Yes. Yeah, so it is so fast. Um, again, like with working with TikTok, they refer to the trend cycle as 24 hours. So, you know, there's trends that we see that last much longer than that, but the average trend cycle right now is 24 hours and it's only shortening. Um, So things are moving fast. It's almost like if you see something that you think you can replicate, you need to do it in that moment for it to be like pertinent to the viewers. Um, And that is a very draining cycle Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be operating on such a fast, paced ecosystem so one thing I've done for my personal content that I honestly probably don't do enough of is I try to do like three videos a week is like a good threshold for me more than that is like cool but not ideal Mm -hmm. um, for the creative capacity Mm -hmm. but I'll do one video for me one video for the crowd and then one video for the algorithm so that's like my Mm. trend my fast paced kind of video the one that I think it might hit with my community. It might branch out into other communities. Um, that's kind of where that third video lies. And that's kind of how I try to stay relevant in the like fast paced ecosystem that we're in. Um, but that's the one that I struggle the most with a lot of times, because I'm like, I know how to tell my story for me. I know how to give my people what they're looking for, Mm -hmm. but then it's like trying to fit into this algorithmic concept is, it's a struggle. It's something that I'm honestly still working through on how to deal with that too. Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. when I first kind of got serious with Instagram, all of the gurus were like, go through and like save all the trending audios for the week. And now it's like, (sighs) if you don't jump on a trending audio in the day, day. like Mm -hmm. it's going to blow up and and you're going to lose it. So I don't even like I used to want to like plan my content and like have like that. It's just like, okay, I'm going to make a video. I'm going to post it either today or tomorrow. Like that yep. is that is how the window fast. is so short. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, especially mm-hmm. if you're, you know, editing to audio, like that audio that you're looking at 500 uses today, 500,000 uses tomorrow. Like it yes. will just shoot straight up. Yeah. So that's I one of my that. biggest gripes with client work sometimes too, is they'll be like, oh, we saw this video. Like, can you do, can you do this audio or do this trend? And I'm like, I can do it. But like, we have these four videos slotted before that one. So we either need to like reorganize this, like trying to convey how quickly those trend cycles go. I'm like, it's not going to matter if we Mm -hmm. do, you know, this trend next week, it's just not going to have the same punch. Um, And that's hard to get across to some clients too, but it's it's a fun one <laughs> to navigate. Yeah, and also I remember when I um like do a couple of brand deals here and there, you submit something and you like edit it to this audio and they take like a week to come back and you're like, well, the audio is not relevant anymore. So yeah. either I have to like switch the audio or like I'm going to post it, but it's not going to do as well. And right. like you have to kind of look at it in 24 hours and get back to me. Unfortunately, yeah. like I don't know what to do at this point. <laughs> no, that's that's 100% true. That's so true. And and, and on on the same note, I have clients that are like, oh, can you use like copyright, copyright free music or whatever? And I'm like, absolutely. But performance, like I'm just telling you right now, Mm -hmm. like the, the audio component of a video is so important. Like you're trying to hit the viewers, all of their senses. You want to hit their, Mm -hmm. their eyes, their ears, you know, you want to, you want to engage as much of them as you possibly can. So that audio piece is so important. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, my take kind of on, on prioritizing creativity is something yeah. I, it, I think the, what I want to say is I don't do it enough. Definitely do not do it enough. Same. Um, and every time I do feel like I create, I create for the algorithm or for people that are not myself. And so I think throughout this conversation, what I've been reminded of is like creativity first and foremost should be for me. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, I have a limited capacity to create because I have other priorities that like, yeah. you know, sometimes do take priority. Like I can't stop an exam if I'm feeling like creatively. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I just yeah. have to do that. And so, you know, maybe you, in 2024 thinking about this because it's, we're recording this um, December 22nd, but I think it's going to come out around February. But so, yeah. so for me reflecting in 2024, for you guys thinking about this, maybe for like Q2 yeah. um, is to kind of reshuffle and reprioritize what I do creatively and making sure that I energize myself creatively for myself and like not yes. for some sort of engagement, not for some sort of numbers. And I think I used to, when I was younger, like think that every new thing that I did creatively needed an Instagram. So like I had like a personal oh Instagram gosh. and then like a big Instagram and then a photography. That was Instagram. such a thing though. That was mm -hmm. such a thing. Mm -hmm. To have like four different Instagrams and like on each Instagram, you follow a specific set of people. Yep. And I mean, I still kind of have that like a little bit but I have to mm -hmm. remind myself that like first and foremost creativity needs to be for me and the more that I can kind of creatively explore because I was actually talking and filming with someone else who was saying like she doesn't take risks on her account anymore because like yeah. there's so many eyeballs on it that you know it can be yeah. scary to do something that is risky because mm -hmm. like it's just not going to perform very well and so I need to do riskier creative things for myself, I think is what I'm yes. learning. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And the way that I look at it is like, as, as a fellow creative, when I see a creator step outside of their box a little bit or share something super vulnerable or tell, tell a story that hasn't yet been told from their point of view, it's, it's just admirable. Like it just makes me think like, whoa, they're taking initiative in their creative space to share something new. And it is, it's risky, but it's also, I don't know, it comes across very genuine and very raw to me. And that is something that always is going to resonate with me as, as a consumer, mm -hmm. um, is when I can tell somebody they might feel a little uncomfy with what they posted, but it's, I know it's coming from them. It's not feeding any external thing. It's coming from them. And mm -hmm. that is something that I think that I think people, especially like this younger generation that's coming up is really, really valuing. And I think that's the pertinence of UGC is people don't want, you know, a TV ad, they want a real experience, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that goes into the second community question, which is how do you genuinely enjoy the creative side of things? Gosh, um, that's a good question. I feel like, I don't know. I, I've always really, really liked, I've always really been like a digital photo video girly. Like even as a kid, I was like the one with the fake camera on the playground. Like it, it I think it is very inherent to me. Um, but also, like I said earlier, there's so many videos I make and do not share. Like, mm -hmm. I think part of my creativity 
is when I have a story I want to tell or a moment that I want to showcase in a certain way, I have to just do that for me. Like, I feel like I'm cycling back to the same thing, but when it comes to just genuinely enjoying it, like take the deadlines out of it, take the numbers out of it, take the expectations out of it and just like tell a story. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, as human beings, that's how we've connected for centuries is passing stories down. And that's how we've conveyed lessons and how to do things. That's, that's what we do. We are storytellers. Um, And so that's kind of what I really boil it down to. Um, But, you know, I get it. It's when you have deadlines and especially when like there's financial things tied to it in a professional sense, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure there, but I've always found the most success um, numerically and algorithmically when I am just telling the story to tell it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And kind of through the conversation, what I want to add is something that I was thinking of is just trying different things, like whether yes. or not that's a different medium or a different style, or, you know, if you're not mm-hmm. really into cinematography, trying that out and and forcing yeah. yourself to kind of create a video that's out of your comfort zone. I know that there's a lot of people who go back into like, and they take a class or like, you know, it doesn't have yeah. to be a formal class, but it could be like a YouTube like class yeah. thing or like a, a master mm-hmm. class, something like that, where they are given prompts and they have to follow those. Um, and so just like being able to I guess maybe limit yourself creative, uh, creatively of being like, I have to create a cinematic video, but it can be on anything. Yeah. will help you broaden create creatively. Oh, a hundred percent. That's like one of my biggest goals for 2024 is like, I just want to experience new things because I know that's going to creatively energize me. Like I want to try pottery. I want to try rock climbing. Like I just have all these like obscure tasks that you wouldn't think of like oh, that's video production related. But I just know that putting myself in a new ecosystem and getting to see people like in their native habitat, that kind of stuff is so inspiring. So I think switching up your medium is such a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Kenna, for this incredible conversation. I feel so creatively energized. I'm like, I I know I'm like, okay, buy a different thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to give you like 30 seconds of whatever you wanted to do, whatever you want to say, promote cool work that you're doing, drop your socials. The floor is yours. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, like we said earlier, you can find me just about everywhere as McKenna Joe on the internet. Um, I am hoping, no, I am going to make a YouTube comeback in 2024. Um, that is kind of one of my bigger goals is to step back into long form content. I said, baby, I'm going to eat that up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So all my videos on there right now are like five years old and very embarrassing, but I'm not letting myself delete them because I think it shows growth. Um, so in 2024, find me on YouTube it'll happen. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about all I really got going on. So I appreciate your time so much. I'm literally honored to be here. I'm like, wow, this is highlight of my life. First podcast ever. Thank you so much. I can not wait to see all the things you do in the future. It's going to be so fun to watch. So thank thank you you. so much for having me. Well, all of Kenna's links, including her YouTube will be linked down below. Sorry if you heard me like open it up because, um, my Mac had like the speakers on but I went and I preemptively subscribed so you know not to give you any pressure but like I've had baby (laughs) kids now waiting for those I got you I will deliver babe incredible so thank you so much (laughs) Kenna again for for hanging out and I can't wait to see you somewhere else on the internet yes thank you thank you
Thank you for listening to another episode of Solidarity on the Bench with KDU. If you enjoyed this podcast or want to submit a question for future guests, you can follow the podcast Instagram at SolidarityPod or follow the host at Katie.eu. See you next Tuesday.